Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Sarah Sherman Bambula. It's not the best. James Sarah Sherman Bambula. Yeah, you can sing that one. Sarah Sherman. No, that's a hard part. Dan Boo. Dan Bula, Sarah Sherman. Dan Bula is a writer, producer of SNL. He also writes with Sandler. Uh, produces stuff with him. I think he did Ridiculous Six. And he and, plays uh, the piano on all Sandler's over. specials. Yeah. He writes music with um, him, writes jokes. He's funny And he's shit. a huge writer on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And he's bonded in a writerly sense with Sarah Sherman. So we had them both on. Yeah. And so this is a really, really good episode that gives you an insight into how they're creating this, this very cool stuff they're yeah. doing on SNL. Sarah is one of the breakout girls that is very interesting. She's got a mullet haircut. looks like Jane Fonda and Clute. She's very adorable, upbeat. Uh, Dan Bula looks the, like Donald Sutherland. Yeah, he looks like a cop from a 70s movie. Well, that was from Clute. <laughs> oh, it is? Yeah, see. <laughs> I don't even get my own reference. Yeah, but you had you had Jane Fonda yeah. and you had Clute. Yeah. But couldn't she, You know, I think she looks more like Leather Tuscadero. I think she has kind of a a young, energetic, almost, I could see, uh, almost a punk attitude yeah. in a fun way. There's something about her. She's kind of nuts. I mean, we, we yeah, She's did. a little crazy. I'm like, cause she's so confident, but then we'll, we'll find out what really is going on inside her brain. During she dresses show. in clown clothes, which is funny. <laughs> it's hilarious to me. She, everything she wears is hilarious. And she goes on tour right now, but we talked, you know, you get a little inside deets on, Actually writing every day doesn't know what's it like? How do they break down a sketch? How do they come up with it? How do they pitch it? How do they add to it? If it makes it, if it doesn't. And, and yeah, and they when have you a throw a sketch paradigm. away. She's doing some stuff on update that's never been done before. Mm -hmm. That's really you'll hear all about it. It's pretty revolutionary. Yeah. And they think visually in a different way than we did. So what they're doing is very uh very different. And also just yeah, she dresses in clown clothes and Sarah's Big influences are kind of like shows that were on Nickelodeon in the 90s and stuff. It's yeah. what you wouldn't expect. But anyway, it's going to be an interesting little listen for yeah. you. Yeah, they were a lot of fun. It's kind of a different dynamic. There's four of us talking. So obviously, Dana and I were freaking out because we couldn't talk as much. Well, I actually, for me, it was kind of fun because I go, can I interrupt all three of them in a 10-second period? Boom, I interrupted you. Jumped on Dan. Boom. Cut Boom. off Sarah. And I went, that's a trifecta. In my head, when they're talking, I'm just like, this doesn't remind me enough of a story about me. And I go, now it does. Here I go. Boom. I see on the Zoom, I see the single tear coming down your cheek. And I, and I go, I go, every quiet. 
Everybody quiet because I'm about to tell Because Dave's about to tell a story. And I go, you guys are on SNL. You know who else was? And they're like, go ahead. And I go, it was a stormy night. They asked you, did anyone, did you ever have to leave in the summertime and bring all your stuff back to California? Remember when they brought that Oh, yeah, they said, because I used to have to. I used to, they wouldn't say I was hired back. So in May, this is before Uber Eats and all the stuff you guys have. (laughs) I would be like this. I'd have to. Get a mattress and and just check out of my third story place. Do 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 do. Take the mattress down, throw it on the street, open the door, everything <laughs> throw away, and then about a month later, mm, we'll have you back. And so then I'd have to re-fly out there, stay in a hotel, get an apartment, get a desk, a pen, a bowl for my cereal. It was real bare bones. Me in the summers, I would just look for bigger, better apartments. You know, I know. Rich, real estate agent. Go, let's get a twenty thousand square footer. Yeah, warm. And I'd see you on the bus hanging out the window with a kind of a hobo stick with little clothes on the back. (laughs) You had a little. Can I get some suppence for me, tuppence? Only became a superstar later in life, meaning meaning at thirty-two. Are we still doing introing them? Here's Sarah and Dan. Sarah and Dan, two of the nicest people you'll ever want to listen to and meet. Can I ask you a quick question? Like, we're going to get into Sarah Squirm and you and Dan and everything, but when you're growing up, what are you seeing that turns you on initially? Like a cartoon or something that gets you into this path of whatever you call your style of humor? You have five seconds. Like Pee Wee's Playhouse and Ren and Stimpy, and like I really liked the nanny. Um, <laughs> the nanny of all. But as far as goth and 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 sort of using grotesque things and all that, where'd that come from? Squirmish, you know. Well, like yeah, that that stuff is from like Garbage Pail Kids and like Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> like you know. Ren and Stimpy. I'm gonna uh-huh. check that out. <laughs> Fucking garbage field kids too is funny. Oh yeah, they're vomiting and stuff. My kids are your age, and so I saw all those, you know, randomly as I was. People don't through. bring uh, reference those as their comedy heroes as much as you'd think. I think it's kind of cool. Garbage Pail Kids. Now I'm remembering. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of vomit and like puppets you could buy or toys that had vomit elements to them and stuff. Professors and goo and yeah. Hmm. And they're fr- and it's funny. It's like they're all like punny. And like, you mm-hmm. know, like cold cut is like a sliced up like ham hock with like all the, the slices have like different faces on it. Cold cuts, cold cut. It's funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, uh, for the audience, is writes on SNL and works with Adam Sandler a lot. And I think uh, you guys write together a lot. And what what is it, Dan, of her, uh, I'd say quirkiness. I don't want to undersell it, but... For Sarah to be such an adorable face with this crazy shit coming out of her mouth, that's kind of part of the appeal probably, right? Yeah, I mean, Sarah came in uh, to the show. Like, when, when new people start, it's always takes a minute to sort of get what they're all about and find their voice and stuff. And Sarah came in and, like, right off the bat was pretty obvious, like, what her influences were. And just, like, I remember the first table read being like, damn, this person is fearless, you know? It's just Aww. wild energy. Just yeah. like it was, it was immediately like this person has it, you know, and has something unique mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, I watching your stuff. It, you seem um, 
There, you don't seem to be ever pushing or trying. I mean, you you seem like a veteran. Like the way you present on SNL is not normal for how soon you are into your tenure. So that's I truly. There was one show. Dan can attest this because I get like psycho. I go. I get psychotically <laughs> nervous, and I really had to puke before the show because I, I was like anxious, and so I took a Zofran to get myself from stop because uh, I, I didn't want to obviously whatever that on is stage. it's That's like an it's like a nausea thing it, googling it, it's like they give it to like pregnant women with like morning <laughs> sickness so they don't puke their brains out and i like needed it to act really fast so i like chew i chewed up this like pill you're supposed to swallow and it turned my tongue completely white <laughs> and i was like oh shit like i have to go do a sketch where i'm like the whole sketch is just someone saying something crazy and i go like this like but like my mouth open but my tongue was white from chewing this like drug and so then Sick. i ate a bunch of candy before the sketch to like dye my tongue a different color than white and so like the, i have like a bright red tongue during this sketch from like eating a bunch in my head the story is like awesome <laughs> no we like it <laughs> we like the craziness of the show because we, your nerves come out in those crazy ways. I, I remember being in that eighth floor bathroom that's way in the back past page desk, but going back toward the elevators and you can go way back and there's a bathroom there looking at my notes going, it's dead quiet here. Now I have to go out there and, it, and in 10 minutes, everyone will see me across the country. It's not like you film a movie and then it comes out a year later. You could walk off and the phone will ring and like, I just saw you. Uh, <laughs> and, and you don't have cell phones back then. So you have to wait and just wonder if it was any good very odd but i'm glad you get nervous and you don't look as you're not as cool as you look out there but what isn't it a, you get that first laugh do you calm down at that point a little bit because that's that was big for me i'd be so terrified then if i got a laugh i it took it down 20 percent. no and then i come off stage and it doesn't matter how well it goes i go straight to bullet i go i'm gonna fucking kill myself <laughs> <laughs> there definitely have been times sarah walks off and she goes was that okay? And people are literally still laughing and clapping. Like it's yeah. not over yet. People are still laughing. You did great. I think we're all we're all crazy. After Jewish Elvis, I thought I was gonna die. I was like, I literally thought I was gonna die. And I was being crazy. And I come backstage and I'm like soaking sweat. And you're like, that oh. was great. And I'm like, I you know, and I do that thing where I'm like, well, you're just like saying that because you're like trying to make me feel better because I'm clearly having a panic attack. And I'm like, everyone's lying to me. Mm -hmm. Textbook crazy. Yeah. Person. Yeah. We've talked about when people <laughs> change their compliment from great to good. Sorry, David. Well, it's yeah. I mean, listen, that was great. Good. You almost got a great and then they switch it halfway. I don't like that. <laughs> oh. That was great. Good. But Dan I don't know if you saw that, that one, Dana. Did you see that one? It was, uh, what was it? Explain that sketch quickly, Sarah. Because I think it was Austin Butler was in the front row too, which probably made you nervous. I literally, yes. <laughs> Doing yeah. Elvis in front of like actual Elvis. Because I think that Austin Butler is actually possessed by the spirit right. of Elvis. Like I, right. <laughs> it is oh, this I'm generation's gonna... Elvis. So the people that didn't have the real Elvis. I, I think that, Elvis, I think so that's a very, very nice, very nice thing to say. I don't know why people think I'm, it's really you Bill know, Clinton meet, had a baby with Elvis, I think. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but so you didn't feel that went well and you were that especially nervous doing Elvis in front of Austin Butler. I don't know. I think I have like, um, 
<laughs> audience dysmorphia or something <laughs> like where I, I literally sometimes I'm so blackout panicked that I can't hear laughs. And so even a lot of times in stand up, I'll be like on stage saying like, I can't believe I'm bombing right now. And you guys aren't laughing at this. This is the funniest shit I could ever, you know, whatever. And everyone's like, you're not bombing. Mm. So there are some times when you, when uh, not you, but when you're, do anyone is doing their act and people are sort of smiling and watching and they're just not a loud audience. Cause there's like not one person has laughed loud. So they're the whole crowd has decided we're not going to go big on this one. We're just going to like it. And then you think you're eating it. And then everyone's like, I thought it was good until you told us we were bad and you were bad. <laughs> and then they, then they go, Oh, I guess you didn't do well, but we liked it. And you go, Oh, but that happens a lot. And I, we did the road, uh, uh, Dana, is it? And, uh, we yeah. were on the road or and Mr. Carvey, it, if it you was would. with <laughs> San Madu, <laughs> we went out with Adam and Bula uh, works with Adam and they, uh, run this, uh, fun tour. And how did Sarah get on that tour, by the way, before I tell my not interesting story? Sandler likes her. He thinks she's great. Oh, can you believe it. something like that, David Spade? No, I think it was something else. But um, <laughs> no, yeah. I, well, I liked her and I saw her. I think the first thing I saw was your update where you were in Collins, maybe his dressing room or something. And then you were doing a live report from there. And it was very clever. And I was like, who the fuck this chick? <laughs> And then I think I asked Bula or somebody. And then uh, and then you, pretty soon after I saw you, you were going to be on one of the gigs that I was on. And you were super fun right away. We had a blast. I had a blast. You wrote you me a joke. Oh, I did? Yeah, you wrote me my, a joke that I I love it. Oh, do you, what, oh should we do it? Yeah, you... Because uh, I have like like 10 minutes i i don't know why but like during these sandler shows in front of fifteen thousand people i'm like you know what i'm just gonna do 10 minutes of like big fat pussy jokes oh god damn that's right and then so <laughs> that's what i would do <laughs> i think like my instincts are bad anyway um well how does his audience take those jokes i mean or is it i mean i can't tell <laughs> I think they're wrapping their mind around you because they've known Sandler for 30 years. So when when newer people come on, obviously they like you from SNL. Obviously you're a funny performer. And the stuff is so out of left field. You have to admit it takes people a second just to adjust. Well, you have and once to they Once they get into your vibe, they love it. Like I would, of course, we're laughing ourselves on the side because you're doing your New York yeah. uh, thing and you keep going. And I'm like, is she still going? And I thought, how ballsy for this when... It's this big crowd and you don't even know if they're into it or not. She doesn't care. It's just a blank slate of just going, they got the best pizza. <laughs> Who's got the pizza screaming and putting her arm out and her head to the side. But it was such a cool style that once they buy into it, it's that, that that's where you go to the next level. You're like, it's so brave of you to bomb and eat shit in front of 15,000 people. You know people. what was like, great was so is that awesome. you don't care at all that they weren't doing anything. You didn't care at all. No, I uh, I'm up there going doing my Seven Eleven jokes, going like me. Well, you wrote my my favorite joke. You wrote it. It's uh, um, I've got so much old meat between my legs. I got to keep a silica packet in my underwear to keep it from going bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ, old That's meat a, between my. Yeah, well, Dana, I think we got there because it was already. I didn't get that joke out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, well, I got it right away. 
I didn't know you. No, she does jokes about. Uh, That's I, not how I remember it. I remember David coming up with that whole thing, the whole premise. <laughs> and Sarah, have you ever talked about what's inside your pants? There might be something there. And here's a starter joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been there's a whole history of referring to one's genitalia in a derogatory way, men and women. <laughs> no, Dana, you don't understand. She talks about it in her act in front of people. No, I'm sure that couldn't be right. Anyway, Sarah, you um, are on the pre precipice, how do you spell that? Of uh, being famous and the audience will then give you, even like my stand-up got so bad as I started getting paid so much more because I was doing no stand-up. So I was getting paid 50 times as much and I was terrible. So Welcome to the future. But that's, are, are you pretty much, if you play clubs in New York, don't they kind of go gaga at this point when you come out? Or, or have you turned that corner where people, her, I love her. It's interesting. You might have to have I, another therapy session. I, I, I can't really tell. Like, I think, because now, like, you get introed. Like, you know, if you know, coming to the stage, this person's on SNL. Like people at clubs are like, ooh, like I came in from Indiana to have a weekend in New York and now like mm. I'm getting like a nice little treat. Mm. And so you get like a little bit of a safety net with that a little bit, but you also, I guess, get like a higher expectation because people are like, well, you better do a good job. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or they and think it's Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, from SNL. I know you get yeah, these intros that are too big. I hate it, right? The intros where oh, yeah. here she comes, fashions your comedy seatbelts. <laughs> I make him read my whole Wikipedia page or whatever it's called. <laughs> he was nominated for two Cable Ace Awards. So I was just, like, <laughs> just get this fucking guy up from here. 1986. Please yeah. welcome Dana Flarfo. <laughs> 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 but so He's can. I don't know how much time we have left, David, but... Um, we have a lot. I want to get into these two's collaboration. And, yes. Uh, can we, wh why don't we just take one at a time? I, I, I mm. do think the Colin Roasting run and the conceit of that, we could start with that if you want, was mm. so jaw-dropping to me. Like, why didn't anyone else think of that? Uh, the conceit of what he says, and then it, it's, a, it's a news report. It, to me, that's just inspired. Like, when did that moment hit somebody, whoever wrote that, that idea, or had you done it at, at some other theater? But it's such a great. Um, he, I, I hadn't gotten anything onto the show. It was like my first season. And Colin was like trying to help me out. And he was like, let's get you on update. Like, that'll be fun. And I was like, okay. And I had tried other things that like didn't work. And then I was like, I guess I could just be mean to him, even though it was his idea to be nice and let me on update. <laughs> <laughs> mean to him is funny because it's you're such a cute face. And the one I did backstage, what is that? Did it start with that one and then you go, you were on update or were you always on first? I just saw that out of order. I had started, I had done two pieces at the desk and it was actually James Austin Johnson was like, um, you, like he was, he told me that other people previously like like years ago had done update pieces like remote mm -hmm. um and so i initially i wanted to go into like a bathroom that was and go to a toilet that was filled with piss 
and be like, Colin, is this your piss? It's really dehydrated. And everyone was like, oh, okay, haha, maybe not that. <laughs> you know, I did one with Christopher Walken where I, they let me go to like, uh, you know, 9th Street. I don't know if you're still there, Dana. I went to 9th Street and in the snowstorm and uh, I had him cover the desk for me. And then uh, he goes, throws to me live. And every time he throws to me, I can't hear it. I'm not, and so I'm just singing. I'm like, I love it when you call me Big Pop. And he's like, David, our, our, what's the weather like? And I go, isn't this clown supposed to throw to me? And then all you can do is hear me talking like they do off camera and ask for gum. And he's just staring at me and he goes, I don't think he can hear me. I don't know how to do this. What am I doing wrong? And then uh, we keep going back and forth. But that was kind of hard to put together because... I was out of the studio. So do they, are you saying you don't do anything out of the studio anymore? Or you were in studio in a dressing room, right? Yeah. We a were real just dressing like, room or a set? Uh, a set. We wanted it kind of close because we didn't yeah. want it to look like a pre-tape. Mm -hmm. You could definitely tell that it was, I moved from the studio and I walk outside to a fake dressing room set. So it was like. Tricked me. Uh, mm -hmm. So Colin Joe's that the joke is on him. It's supposedly his dressing room. And then what what do you find in there just for our listeners? <laughs> well, I find like an intern in a cage and like intern in a cage. Like <laughs> posters on his mirror that say like you're gonna be the next Marvel superhero. And then I'm supposed to hold up a, a like a bikini babe picture of me. It was like a bodybuilder body with a bikini with my head photoshopped on it. And the joke is supposed to be like, oh my God, Colin, why do you have all these pictures of me in your dressing room? And I go to hold up the picture. But during the live show, I like accidentally like threw it. Yes. And I so like I went to hold up a big uh, punchline and it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, but then you kept going, but it didn't look like it was bad because I think I saw that one. It was still funny. Yeah, everybody afterwards was like, well, that's the magic of live TV. Anything could happen. Yeah. I was like, well, it would have been funny if I got to my fucking punchline for the yeah. joke that we wrote. Well, it was, was that your closer? They love it when it's, uh, there's a mistake and you covered it beautifully. I mean, that, then it's yeah. like so extra live, you know? That's the great thing about SNL. The mistakes stay in. Totally. So, and Colin was laughing mm -hmm. too because he saw exactly what happened in the moment and knew that you were just going to be yeah. staring at cue cards like, Oh, I have three more lines about this thing. And it's not going to happen. <laughs> you could tell he was really laughing. Yeah, he was like, really, really laughing. So, he's so good at laughing. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, well, it's I don't, yeah. he is, he has a, a, a likable, he has a face that looks young. I, I don't know. There's something about his persona that's so gentle and likable and sort of conservative in a way. A brilliant writer, of course. But roasting him, the, I don't know. There's a magic to it. <laughs> like... He just goes, hey, it's like it's like the 1960s or something. Hey, stop that. And you're accusing him of all kinds of horrible things, basically. Hey, the whole reason, the only reason the bit works is because I'm like, you're a pedophile. And he's laughing and laughing. So it yeah. looks fine. <laughs> and also coming from you, all these horrible things is always funny because you don't see anything coming. Like the second you say something, there's a headline. <laughs> about it that's that's a very funny uh, obviously Dana was talking we were talking about that before we got on rewind it back to the days of chill accent on the beach and all day fun with spring break on DraftKings casino play exclusive games like fan fave rocket the excitement is endless the vibes are right and the cash prices could be huge 
New players start playing with just five bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code FOTW to book your one way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and other restrictions apply. One per opted in new customer. $5 wager required. Max. $100 in casino credits awarded, which require one time playthrough within 168 hours. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash promos. Restrictions apply. My dad works in B2B marketing. But I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Oh, we also wrote. Uh, we also watched Meatballs. Um, oh, you're looking at Bula. <laughs> that, that's how we started working together. Yeah, oh, that demented. Uh, um, well, now how does that come, Bula? And you think of this one, of course. I don't know. I was. I would well, too. Sarah and I had not really worked together. She had asked me to write a live sketch with her, and we had a lot of fun. It didn't go. It had some like technical problems at dress, and it didn't. I beefed it. I beefed it. I got too into my. You know when you have a lot of physical things going on in a sketch, that like, I don't know. I just like forgot to say my line because I was like, I have to throw a bunch of. In the sketch, I had to like, throw a bunch of birds at someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you do yeah, live birds. But, yeah, like everybody. Yeah. But like Sarah, live birds, real birds, like stuffed seagulls. Right. Oh, I have that one. one. But Sarah had worked with um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one's that's hilarious. Look, a big seagull showed appeared. us a seagull. <laughs> but uh, Sarah had done like those updates with the Please Don't Destroy guys and with Celeste and yeah. um, and had been working a lot with them. They're hilarious. And then we worked on that together and had a yeah. good time. And then Meatballs started because I was reading that um, that children's book, scary stories to tell in the dark, to my daughter. And it had this, this like the famous story about the girl with a green ribbon about her neck around her neck, and they take it off and her head falls off or whatever. And I was thinking about like doing something with that, but that it would be fun if instead of her head falling off, it's like something totally different. And then yeah, just kind of went. There's a meatball for the audience at home. There's a meatball living on her neck, and yeah. it talks with a face. And she's on a date. Actually, the funniest thing to me, Sarah, in that whole sketch is how normal you're trying to act at the on the date. 
You know how hard that was for me, by the way? Yes. That's why it's funny to me. You're like, yeah, wow, this has a- been such a nice uh, date with a gentleman caller. I'm like, who is this person? And uh, and then he's flirting with you. And then he asks you to t- immediately. He goes, what's that green ribbon? And then you hear music come up <laughs> <laughs> like eerie music. And you're like, oh, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> and then you pull it off and there's a meatball. And you're like, I hope this doesn't ruin anything with us. And uh, he's like, no, well, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and then, then you have like 11 meatballs on your body. And it's played out so nicely because I watched it twice because yeah, I, I really was sort of fascinated by it. And of course, you and Chris played it so real, which was great. And then the escalation, by the time you get to the piano under the armpit, like it kept, it was paced <laughs> so beautifully, like, okay, they've got one meatball. And then the catchiness of all the singing over each other, mm-hmm. you know, and you had the throw up. Person. I don't want, we're getting Blech. the whole sketch away, but it doesn't matter. Blech. And then, and then how do you finish it? And then you have the, the twist with the kiss. Don't want to give it away. So it's like, it's kind of what I call it, sort of a perfect sketch. Yeah. yeah. It I mean, just landed around. perfectly right on air. I mean, with the pre-tapes and. I'm really ticklish. So uh, when they were gluing the, the, meatball into my armpit it was like it was like guantanamo torture (laughs) i know how to not be tickled my doctor just told me uh, last week just a regular physical if someone's tickling you under the arm put your hand on their hand and that stops the tickling it's the fear because you're like doing it to yourself somehow and he was tickling me and then i put my hand on his hand and it didn't tickle anymore we try to Where's educate. your doctor tickling you? Well, that's a, that's a, <laughs> it was a double appointment. It was from 10 to noon. We got bored. You um, go, it was, no, it was a tickle fight. We were both doing it. Well, because he's doing the thing, cough, <laughs> cough. He's ha- grabbing my back, breathe, this and that, yeah. reaching for limp notes. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. And he goes, this, that's what happened. It wasn't illicit, no matter how much you wanted it to be, David. <laughs> my doctor laughs and he goes, oh my God, you have cancer. <clears throat> I mean, you have cancer. <laughs> it's worse when he's it's better when he's laughing it sounds that's funny. hysterical <laughs> no so you did that which uh i i knew um, i was guessing bula was involved in that uh well bula wrote though that was all bula like uh we had not really worked together much and he called me and he was like i have this good sketch idea and i was like i don't oh, think i said a good sketch idea yeah I, think I was nervous about it no you said great <laughs> You said, if you say you don't say no now, I'm picking up the phone and calling uh, Chloe right now. Just yes or no. You got two seconds. I'm in, I'm in. I don't know what it is. I'm in. It kind of, once you saw people in the meatball prosthetic or whatever, or how they're keyed in, (laughs) you must have started going, okay, that's really fucking funny. Yeah. It felt good. Like, I remember at the table read, it was so, you know, it's so musical and it had all these overlapping things. And I was nervous about like, whenever you do music stuff at the table, it's always, you have a host who has to learn 40 things. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to teach them a song and hoping you're going to remember, you know, you do it Oscar movie, Isaac. But yeah. For Oscar Isaac. What is Oscar Isaac in? Why don't I know that? He's in Star, Star Wars. Wars heard of yeah. it. You don't have to lean all the way into the camera. With she that creates one. her own close up. That's brilliant. Listen, that's one of those. How did that song build? Did you write that overlapping on a keyboard and ding, or was it was, so I did like a full demo of it that night on like mm. Tuesday night, probably at like three o'clock in the morning where I did all these parts. And then, yeah, taught the cast how to do it. Jesus. And, For um, read through, you had to try to tell them? Yeah, it kind of it 
they kind of nailed it at read through. Which was, do you go over to the piano? Is there still a piano in read through room? Eli was playing piano. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You're do like well. Eli. Please, I just have so much going on right now. Can you just <laughs> cover this part? No, I have, to deal, I have to deal with the cast deal. Yeah, but it, the the music all synced up. But yeah, when we saw the prosthetics, it was awesome. Who was sang at the last? Who was the last woman to sing in the in armpit? Meatballs? Yeah, Charlie XCX. Charlie XCX. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she was the the musical guest. The musical guest. You got her face singing beautifully. <laughs> Shit, I love. Check it, it you out on them, YouTube. You go, you everybody, have to go to the publicist. Hey. Does she want to stick her face in the giant meatball? I mean, just run it by her at least. And the publicist's like, I think she's just so overwhelmed this week. It's probably not the week. All right. Any other week, yeah. she would do it. You're going to be in the armpit on this one? <laughs> it's a good spot. What? This is the mic drop of that sketch. It's a closer. Yeah. Oh, Also, what about the babies in the crib, Dana? Do you see that? I don't know if I got that well far. <laughs> it's a one when I was on the road with uh, these... Okay, let's let's, let's break that was, down. Uh, so it's so it's basically so, was Selena Gomez the first time? Yeah. So Selena was a host who's great. Um, and then she's got a baby monitor, but she's trying to have a. I love me explaining it. She's having a couple people over while she's babysitting, right? Huh? Sarah, you just yeah. Tell no, it. keep it. Well, I, are you off book? Do you remember it? Every yeah, night? I am. And then and then she goes <laughs> and she has the monitor today. out there, and you hear. And she goes, oh, and then they look at it and it's a really funny visual of two babies in a crib with like a, not a black light, but you know how that, like a night vision with the white eyes of two little bald babies in, in a crib and they're kind of rolling around and then, and she goes, they're fine. And then they keep getting noisier. And every time you cut, I don't realize it's a whole nother set and they're live. It's Sarah and who else is and it? Bowen. Bowen. Yeah, dressed. Yeah. Is, yeah, so fucking funny, Bo though. Bola had a baby. Congratulations. And Mazel. <laughs> sure, sure. And he nice. showed me that he could, like, on his phone, like, you could, he has, like, a baby monitor app mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. on his phone. You yeah. could see the little kid, like, rolling like around. Like a ring app, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so we were, so then I was like, okay, that's a sketch. And it was fun because able to like play with scale really crazy so to, like make me and bowen look like two little bald babies we had to build a giant crib with giant teddy bears to make us look tiny yeah that's that really fun. funny yeah because i didn't get that that i thought it was a pre-tape and then you went on the road you said oh yeah no we're in the other sketch and no wonder everyone's laughing so hard because you're over there acting ridiculous and then you're rolling around and they go oh they're doing this now and then you're like doing somersaults and jumping now doing stuff that babies can't really do and hilarious well we had we had two sets so there was like the set that oh it was a whole other set yeah so selena was yeah. on like one set which is like a living room and then on home base we had this giant crib that was like oh, scale yeah, yeah, to make yeah. them look proper baby size but as you're yeah. cutting back and forth like sarah and bowen would run out of the crib and like break dance or like acrobats would like come in and do like flips and then run out and sarah and bowen would go back in so it was like when the camera was off, we would or Sarah would run out, and a full size Sarah dummy would go in, and Bowen would be swinging. Oh, swinging around, yeah. I think it was Selena saying, "Hey, we can have some beers. It's all good." And they go, "I think they, you should go check on these kids," and they'd be doing something so ridiculous. She goes, "No, no, they're fine." And then there was like another kid in there. Yeah, Post Malone. And they're like, came in and yeah, they're like, "Hey, there's someone else. There's another baby in there." She's like, "Oh, there shouldn't be," <laughs> but no, no real reactions. And then uh, Post Malone, gaga. Uh, 
<laughs> or whatever. <laughs> we did a, we did another installment of it, I guess, this year where it was like a, on a, the two babies on a sonogram. Mm. And so we have like Cecily as the gyno with the little like uh, whatever <laughs> sonogram wand. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Okay. So and then it's it would fun. cut to me and Bowen like inside the uh, womb. Where did you, what was that set? It was like a whole, that, that entire thing was like a, a full green screen circle and the floor was green and everything. So we were able to make it look like a, like an ultrasound. And then same thing, they would like bringing in props where they're on pogo sticks and stuff. They ran out and we had break dancers come in and it's always nuts. Yeah, I do like that. Cause you don't know what's every time you cut to, there's going to better be another cut to. So joke. do you guys, I mean, this is, uh, this is what Lauren Michaels would probably call, um, uh, it's, fr it's fresh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, there's been elements of this sort of style of comedy you guys are doing, but you're, you're accelerating it. It seems, it seems very fresh. It's new. It's what their kids love. So are you, it's, it's, it feels really fun to write for this kind of, comedy visual with giant effects and props are you are you think you guys are more focused on that because i have a couple ideas for the rest of the season tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night oh yes you heard me right you can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years. With your lovely dog. Yeah, well, I've heard Farmer's Dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced. Uh, it's made from human-grade ingredients, safe, clean kitchens. All that stuff matters. Yeah. I mean, you love your dog. Why, why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's Dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed. Sometimes dogs. much lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put it in their bowl and they go. What is this kibble? And they knock it away. What is this canned goo? Oh, yeah. I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really? They go, really? Why don't you go first? You want a bite of this? Slop. <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. Mm -hmm. So Farmer's Dog isn't just no. higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David. And which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat mm -hmm. and skin, better breath, you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops. Let's look at a clip. It doesn't <laughs> matter if your dog's young or old, it's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog, get 50% off your first box at farmersdog.com slash fly. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. 
Well, I just like uh, incredible shrinking stuff. Like, what if Lauren, you accidentally, for real, shrink Lauren? He's like six inches tall, but he still has Hello? his Lauren Hello. genius brain. It doesn't matter that I'm tiny. I still can run the show. <laughs> He's always getting <laughs> stepped on by <laughs> cast members. I don't know. This is, yeah, it's like Ant-Man. Well, I love visual comedy where if the sound broke, you would still love the, the bit. I love that. Uh, you know, and producer. I saw Molly. I saw a lot of Molly uh, last week. Was she was she difficult to work with, Molly Shannon? <laughs> She's so difficult. Truly, the one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. My yes, human loveliest. niceness ten point oh in physical. You know, form. I was bummed, Dana, that she wasn't at the Mark Twain Adam Sandler uh, Fawn Fest because she is so great and she's such a great speaker. And she, what are you pointing at, Sarah? Did you miss me? Well, I think I think in this in that context, I did miss you because I always do. But I think Molly is so good at speaking better than most of us that uh, she's so lovely about it and selfless. And then there's selfish me, so it's good balance. So, uh, but she was at the uh, spillover party that was two weeks before that we talked about once. But by, where, by the way, Sarah, just so you know, sorry, Dave. Yeah, I like to interrupt. David yeah. has been talking about you on and off for months and singing your praises. See, Sarah, see, even though I, you think when you, when you do this whole interview, it's over, you're going to walk out and light up your cig and go, he said I bombed on a Sandler tour. That's all I heard. <laughs> and I didn't say that. I said you're too smart for half of them uh, because you, they have to get into your comedy. And then once they did, then they're They'll really all the way in. But when you're doing different stuff, it's not served on a platter, you know, you have to think of a little bit. So I was watching from the side uh, and you're bombing with me too, but that's because I'm not smart. I don't get it. So, but later, it's I know only in a 10 year, minutes, like, right? Oh, then Adam what? does three hours and guys, you guys in the back waiting or something. <laughs> I know. He, he destroys. He walks, he walks on stage and flicks a cigarette at me and goes, Spade, keep it to six tonight. And I'm like, six minutes? Everybody. <laughs> Knife, superstar, I got sir. my pocket knife and my wallet. <laughs> I think Dan was in on that one. No, but Dana, we do the show. Sarah, my real question is, how did you handle the midnight dinner after the show? I don't know how Dan does. What, do you, what midnight dinner after the show? Well, after on the, on we do, usually Sam. on the road. Yeah. Oh, on the, with the Adam Sandler game. Yeah, you guys go out to dinner, right? I, the only times I've been on the road, there's just like vats of barbecue backstage that everyone like horks down and then they sleep. <laughs> no, that was, <laughs> I think. Yeah, Bola taught me about horking. That's Horking's a when you spit, isn't it? You hork up a loogie? No, I think that's, no, that's hawking. Hawk up a loogie. No, I think oh. I wrote in a sketch once somebody's horking down something like a farm animal. And Sarah was like, what is that? He said horking like? down asparagus like a farm, farm animal. Oh, I from like our, that. From our sketch that never saw the light of day. That's a read-through trick where Schneider would go, track, because if someone laughs track. at the description, he goes, track, nope, that's not a real laugh. Don't count. No, we'll, doesn't we'll laugh. laugh track, laugh. Do you, have you guys ever <laughs> shocked each other where like you pitch something to the other one, the other one goes, whoa, slow down, man. Come on, that's too far. I don't think so. Or there are no limits. It's whether you can get yeah. it on the show, right? Is there been anything I've pitched to you that you're like, no way? I don't think so. In terms of, I don't think she's ever pitched something that it, it like makes me feel like, oh no, I would never do that. I think <laughs> we do. Like we do really 
think you know we are trying to write for the show always like mm -hmm. it's it's not May, like, maybe you think it's not comedically might not work maybe yeah That's for cool. sure or yeah. it might not be like the host doesn't have a big enough part or not sure if it's producible in a week or things like that but mm -hmm. you know what i i stuff will happen well i'll i'll just say something that i think I, I, I'm just I'm just pitching it to like get energy going and I won't even think anything of it like with the eyes replace like I, mm -hmm. I'm like what if it's a sketch where I got my eyes replaced with googly eyes and I was just saying it thinking it wasn't possible but you then Bulla starts like all of a sudden like pitch he'll just start riffing and a whole sketch will get created but it's like I kind of said it like I was kidding but you like or you were like oh that's a legitimate sketch yeah for sure it's hard to, it's hard to tell what idea is going to kind of well do you go off. to makeup and say if makeup can do it we should try to do it if not let's not waste our time right well louie in makeup will make anything happen it seems so uh, they do anything yeah that's true they never want to turn down anything they want to uh yeah really uh, try it because they get bored too totally and he he i mean he is unbelievable he, talk about like a superstar he like yeah yeah He's never yeah. once told us it's not possible. He'll he'll push it further every time. It's awesome. And could we get yeah, his full name? Sorry, fun. I don't think I've met him. Louis Zakarian. He's the uh, makeup effects guy, and he's so awesome. Yeah. The the roller coaster. We did a sketch like that. I get stuck on a roller coaster for a hundred hours, and so my face is like blown out. Like my hair is blown backwards, <laughs> and my mouth is blown permanently <laughs> open. Right. And so like on a Monday, <laughs> so like on a Monday, I was like, I said to Louie, I put that like dentist, uh, what do you call it? Like a mouth speculum? I don't yeah, know it opens like your mouth up. or something. Yeah. yeah. So I said to Louie, I'm like, is it possible to build a prosthetic that blows my mouth open? But like the speculum you use at the dentist has this like plastic bar that goes under your chin. So like, uh, I, you know, as a prosthetic. I asked him, I'm like, is there a prosthetic you could build that doesn't have these extra plastic bits so it can look like it's like part of my face? Right. And so we like pitched it to him like on a Monday and he's like, oh, like, he's just like, we wrote a sketch around him being able to build a mouth prosthetic that were, you know what I mean? And is he at read through? Yeah. Are those guys at read through? Yeah. yeah. Aren't all the departments? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it sounds, I don't know, uh, just maybe as a jealous ex-cast, I love the world you're working in. It just seems really fun. Not easy, but really fun. These big visual elements and having the subversive dialogue or whatever you're doing with it to get it not just a visual joke. I love it. I want to host now or guest spot so I can be in something with Sarah and Dan will write it with <gasps> us. Couldn't I just come out for one sketch anytime in the next five years? I still look pretty good. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh my God. Please, I still look awesome. pretty good. Dana looks really good. <laughs> but uh, it sounds uh, like so much fun. And I had a, a connection uh, with Bonnie and Terry Turner and also with Robert Smigel in specific and others, Al Franken politically and Jim Downey. <laughs> so it's very nice. It's a kind of communication, a friendship you guys must have of having this similar sense of humor and sensibility. It's kind of magic, isn't it? When you find someone like that, I'm sure there's others you're connecting with on the show, but Smigel and I would just, I'd come in and start doing Regis and he would immediately start picking it up and we just start going. So with you guys, was it, was there a moment <laughs> kind of like, holy shit, light bulb moment. We're going to, we're going to be friends. We're going to write a lot together. 
or just sort of happened? When when Bulla, I'll, I'll, I, when Bulla called me and was like, "Oh, I have this meatballs idea," I was like, "Oh my god, I feel seen," you know, because the the show is scary because it's you know, it's a live show in front of millions of people. Of course, it's scary, and you know, I went from doing like crazy like performance art comedy to like doing network television comedy, and like it. So it's it was a, a scary kind of transition for me a little bit. And so, like, the second, like, like, Bola was like, what, you know, what about this crazy thing? I was like, oh, my God. You know, whatever. I, I'm, like, not explaining that well. Thinking and out like, of the box. Yeah, for sure. It's different. Well, writing you know, is really so- hard. Writing takes so much intellectual, emotional energy. It's exhausting. So, just, we've all experienced a, a great writer handing us something. You now have with Dan. And it's like, okay. That's awesome. Are the other writers jealous though, Dana, do you think that they're like, can I borrow him? Well, Dan, do you have any do you like to be on camera? Have you have you have you done performing yourself? Or I, mean, would I, you- I used to always like when I came up, I was in Chicago doing sketch comedy and improv and did all that. And then when I moved to Los Angeles, was still doing doing that. Now I don't really I mean, I'll perform with Sandler on the road and be on stage with him and do all that. And he always puts puts me in movies and stuff, and I love it. I, I like that. But really, I don't. I don't. It's not like I'm sitting here with aspirations to be a cast member at SNL or anything. Were you kind uh, of successful just out of, right out right out of high school or something? Have you just had kind of a, a lot of success th- throughout really, your career? Really, I mean, I when I out of college, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was working as a sports writer in Chicago, and, and my friend John Greenberg, who got me jobs working for the Associated Press and covering the Chicago Bulls and all, you know, the professional teams there. He was like, let's take, it's like, I'm going to take a writing class at Second City. Do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. And then really fell in love with doing that. And um, yeah, I don't know. But I was like in LA with nothing going on when Sandler, Sandler, like. Did you grow up middle class or what was your home life like? Uh Grew Grew up outside Chicago. Where did Sandler find you, though? Uh, you know, he had just signed his first Netflix deal mm-hmm. and um, and was looking for movie ideas. So I had like a movie, I had like a meeting set up with him to pitch something. And then he was also looking for music for for a benefit he was doing or something. And I sent him a um, sent oh, him a I demo for that. a song. Mm-hmm. And he really liked it. And we met up and, and really hit it off and then just kept talking. And I kept sending him songs and we just i heard you write that you wrote this song called oh yes where it goes like this oh yes oh yes oh yes <laughs> not i don't remember that one and that was it and you go do i need to keep going <laughs> well it must be and fun writing with sandler and music with sandler because yeah. he loves it so much and well, is so great at he's, it he's the best to work with and he truly like i mean i was living in a crappy apartment with my wife in L- in la and wasn't working professionally in comedy at all and totally scooped me up and saved my ass. Um, I still talk to him. I mean, I talked to him for half an hour this morning on the phone. He's the he's the greatest. I I owe him everything. Uh, you saw but, it to Mark Twain. We all all gave our props. He's just such a a, a unique guy, you know. And to know him is to love him. Anyway, um, so Dan, so also, now that also, you've gotten this Dana, rich, Dan, Dan has a good disposition and a good temperament. So I think it's good when you're. A performer, you're a little crazed. I know I am. Sarah's a little bit. Adam, we're oh, all I hide so much neuroses from the world. I, I this was just survival instincts from my childhood to be this guy. 
Yeah. He's a calming <laughs> presence. So I think he takes it in like a, a machine and takes in the ideas and sort of puts them back. But Adam, I think from what I see, will want to write after the show, right on the plane, right at breakfast, right? Like anytime he never stops yeah. and he's just always driven. So you got to be ready. I see Dan beat up on the road because he's going to sound checks. Then, you know, you're traveling in style, but you're still traveling. It's different time zones. It's freezing. I think we were in Green. We were in Greensville, with South Carolina. That's when I started feeling crappy, and then uh, that might been that might have been the spare ribs uh, hork night. <laughs> I think because we usually go straight to dinner from the show, and it's a three hour show, and then you go straight to a dinner, and I see Dan over in the corner slumping, going, "Fuck, I get, we got to get up and." fly to another city and just start over and uh i get to sleep a little more you know everyone gets a little more of a breather but he's they beat him up you know still performing and you got to perform for two hours out there could you be a road monster sarah yeah i was just gonna ask you about oh what would you be a road monster if the the people the 10 percenters go sarah we can book you every night for the next six months do you want to do it i mean or would you temper that a little bit or do you like it I'll, I will go ev- anywhere, everywhere, all the time. Perfect. You're on tour right now, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. On the hiatuses, I do a lot of shows, too. But I wanted to sing Dan's praises for a second one more time. Yeah, Please, please do. <laughs> okay, so, like, you know, we were just talking about, I, because, you know, you're talking about Dan's temperament mm-hmm. and, like, you know, good attitude or whatever. And so we're doing all these crazy sketches where it's, like, crazy production. And, like, the the sketch where I have googly eyes for eyes, they had to, like, so I'm basically I'm fully blind because there's <laughs> googly eyes over my eyes, yeah. and in, googly the, in order to give me like any vision at all, like uh, Louis, the effects artist, like drilled little holes in the googly eyes, but be, but my eyelashes would get caught in them, and my eyelids would get caught in them. So they basically had to like tape open my eyes oh. underneath the prosthetics, like Clockwork Orange style, and I'm so I'm getting like literally put into this like jigsaw torture uh goggle helmet before going on live television like totally wigging out so scared and i'm like in the makeup chair just like spiraling and then i just I'll feel uh bulla like right behind me he'll like sneak up behind me and go like you got it buddy you're a rock star you got it. <laughs> you know like he's really good at that like it, it, it's like you know, or like the the roller coaster sketch where they taped over my mouth. Like they had to uh, spray my mouth and teeth with water so with that my raid. throat wouldn't dry right. out during the sketch. And like Bullet just comes up behind me in the makeup chair and he's like, "You got it, buddy. You're a rock star." <laughs> you know, like it's over in ten minutes. You're I fine. like that. Can I just uh, say three minutes ago I thought you were referring to me, David, when you said Dan Dan's temperament. So I responded to it. Oh, uh, oh thinking no, you were mentioning a, you do me, have a good temperament. Uh, but I do think Dan has a very <laughs> relaxing, nice presence. Well, I mean, Sarah also sees how I I am fully crazy intense too. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I like. We are rewriting things a million times. I'm never willing to accept it when it's like 90% of the way there. So I, I'm, I'm not the easiest person to work with. But Sarah's worked with, I mean, everybody here loves working with Sarah. She worked with the Please Don't Destroy guys a ton. They do? Here. They've had some big hits, like the Six Flags thing was awesome. Oh, and like, those guys are really funny. So she's, and, and Celeste, like we talked about. And t- I mean, across the board, people love working with Sarah. I've worked with, you know, when I started out, I was working with Stephen Castillo, another writer here. And then I worked a lot with Pete. 
But I think when Sarah and I really started, when we started sharing an office and working really closely together, it's like Lauren always says, you know, like you find your people here eventually at the show. And I know that was true for you guys. And there's comfort in knowing like, okay, we're going to come up with something. We know how to talk to each other. We know how we have a shorthand together. And that's really helpful. Helps you get yeah. through week after week. And you both are tough, uh, tenacious. I mean, if Sarah has to overcome her stage fright and land it and not have it affect the performance, I don't see that at all. But the fact that you can control those nerves and then Dan is uh, a, a, a tenacious writer. That's what you need, all that tenacity and toughness. Um, but it's very sweet. That's what I'll take away from this podcast. He comes up behind you and says, you're a rock star. Yeah. For for a performer, yes, buddy, that's great. You got this. You're Baby, it's always the same thing, right? Baby, you got what? Is, you got it this. It was with me at dinner. He goes, "You can hork this." He whispered behind <laughs> me. It looks like thirty ribs, but you can do this. John do Lovitz would do the opposite, though. Before I'd go out really nervous on the sound set, he goes, "You're gonna destroy. You're Love going it. to kill." I go, "John, don't. It's a jinx for comedians. Yeah, don't he's ever, trying to jinx you. Don't that's ever different. say you're gonna. You know." <laughs> Y'all just I, try them. Dana, I have another question for uh I know they got a big day. We'll let Pick you go. Pick one. It's Sarah, either Dan or Sarah. You, you know this me. This one's well. for Sarah. Okay. It said she was a screenwriter on Jackass Forever. That's so interesting. How crazy. where did they find you for that? Um, because I used to uh, I wrote with Eric Andre a lot for like the Eric Andre show. And Eric knew knew that I was like a huge Jackass fan. And so um, when they were like looking for writers to just like pitch ideas for the movie, Eric, it was like a make a wish. He was like, come on, let's get Sarah in there. Like make her day. Ah, she gets to meet Johnny Knoxville. How fun. And you're like, yeah. they go, and what do my balls do in this sketch? And you're like, well. <laughs> well, I showed up to the writer. I, I literally only worked there for like six hours. I was so excited that I showed up to the like pitch day with um like drawings and diagrams of like crazy stunts and everyone was like oh okay uh, that's cool <laughs> no that is cool that's very thought out i love Didn't it i would you, love we that. had you johnny on this podcast remember what happened to him yeah it was like he had a number two pencil up his thing for two oh, years johnny yeah he yeah. Did this. yeah and, and he's, he's saying he it with a smile story. and he's totally relaxed i'm like what He's like, I have to pee out of my mouth now. We're like, why? What happened? He's like, oh, it's such a long story. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I put my head in a meat grinder, but it was a really <laughs> funny sketch and we kept it in. Anyway, I hope they're safe. That thing, boy. Would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what we? I did? Oh. No, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. We, we. We, we. I have, ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women, I thought, I want to learn a new language. You know what? I, I do have a, because uh, I'm a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of, of, of French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn. And that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes. I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's the trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. 
You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm-hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Multiple Arabic. Shots like they will shoot to me. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick mm-hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's all designed for long-term retention, which is great because I took Spanish for 12 years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes, Donde, I know. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one, really, really, you retain it. I learned German and I know hast du Zweister now abra. No, hast du Bruder? No, nine abra covers by Swester. That means, have, do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years, and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone sneezes. Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Right. You don't don't look like some clown. Desktop and (laughs) app options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. Mm -hmm. By the way, the Lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, Mm -hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly in the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% Mm -hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. You ran track in high school, Sarah? Because I did too. Did you really run track? Yeah. And what was your event? The mile? Mile. (laughs) Whoa. Were you a champion? like pretty good I, I i like i was like a little over i think it was like 5 30 mile or something like that that's good that's very good yeah but i think i think being uh i don't know if you feel this way but like being a high school being a high school athlete i think somehow i got like ruthlessly competitive or something from that <laughs> i think that's like helped here yeah i'm always psychotically competitive uh dennis miller and i would talk about it because he would sometimes carve me i i had schadenfreude for you okay which is a german <laughs> word for taking joy in your friends failures and i go dennis i have it for everybody i mean it just it's like uh, the rubber hammer on your knee at the, it's a reflex the little kid inside you reflex of they you don't actively sabotage your peers, but you want to beat them. And that's just the, the way the human brain works. But yeah. I mean, I what I'll, I were I'll you ask. when you got into comedy, did you feel like, okay, now I'm a sub five minute miler? I mean, like I've now I'm where I really belong. you know, that feeling like maybe I, I'm gonna do this anyway. I, I had like um I I always wanted to be a comedian, like since I was like a little kid. And like, uh, uh, it was like one of those things where I like 
it was so dramatic. I like quit the track team to like go be a tree in the school play. Nice. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I just hap I happened to be good at running, but I was like, I don't care if that'll help pay for college. I want to go have zero lines in the chorus of the musical. Your parents are like, running's going to pay for your college. <laughs> oh, your daughter's on Saturday Night Live. That's great. She was a really good runner. I don't know why she gave it up. Do you think Her you could beat like Lauren that. in a race in like a, not a mile, but like a, a hundred yard dash? Honestly, no. He could beat me at anything. <laughs> I was the mile and the two mile. And whoops, the three mile. Oh, Dana, I heard Dana, everyone keeps asking me to tell you or to ask you that you won some, you won something running. I was okay, but there were better guys in front of me. And once I figured out I can't beat those guys, we had a 410 miler on our team, Whoa. you know? Oh, God. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, I see what that is. So yeah, I was what an running 427. Whoops, how'd that come out? But I was like in eighth place. <laughs> wow. I was in 10th place, you know, because that was the running boom back then. But there's one thing that's I've like, at- that's like being at SNL, like you're the great runner and everyone's you're like the 10th funniest guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just want to do these quickly because I we have just a few more minutes and you guys have to get I wish I had a better pitch than her, your head goes giant or something. I got one. You know, they say you're going to have a date with a guy. She's you're going to be for a date. Yeah, he's really nice. He's this. He's that. But um, he can't keep it in his pants. Oh, really? What do you mean? <laughs> so he comes in for the date and he literally can't get out of his pants. And then you introduce a product called a hooter clamp, which it goes around. <laughs> it's like a chastity belt for guys who cannot keep it in their pants. <laughs> okay. Tries to I'm make getting a break this out of fucking the incredible team smiling. This I is know. so flattering. <laughs> he can't keep it in his pants. And Dan, there's a song there. He's a nice yeah, guy. He makes a lot of like money, that. but he can't keep it in his pants. <laughs> that brings in the Hooter clamp. Anyway, just a just a thought. That's yours. Run with it. Do you go? Do, uh, before we go, do you do a Lauren impression? Everyone seems to have either one word or one thing, and Lauren loves it. We love him. Right. I, I don't, and I wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed, Sarah. Well, ours is not derogatory. It's mostly about his giant brain. I guess mine is um, for the listeners at home. They're going to be disappointed, but it's but it's this. If you guys want to describe well, it, I it's when he looks at me like this. <laughs> <laughs> what is? Why it's would he look at you like that? Pierced lips, uh, chin down, eyes up, sort of a knowing glance. That looks more flirty. I do. One of my Lorns is the motorboat Lorn. When Lauren is making a really good point and you accidentally interrupt him, it's that thing of like, you know, when people, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, no, 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 no. And it's like an outdoor motor. No, 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 no. You know, there's something. That's, I will, we'll take that. Well, people pitches. people turn into motorboats. Like Obama would be like an outboard motorboat. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Michelle, I'm starting it. Oh, no, 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 no. So it's like people turn into human mo- outboard motor boats. Sorry. I'll the be only, out there the next Lauren's year. The story I can think of right now to tell that I think is was funny is I was during dress rehearsal, you're under the bleachers sitting as a writer. If you wrote the sketch, you're under the bleachers sitting next to Lauren. 
while he's watching it and he gives notes and gives thoughts on a big television. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had a sketch once that absolutely bombed and like a I'm sitting there sweating bullets. It was when I was really new and gets absolutely zero absolute death. And at the end, I'm just dying to get out of there. He's not saying anything the whole time. And uh, at the end, he just turns to me and he says, they'd be drinking white wine, not red. Because it was like a, <laughs> it, was, it was like a brunch. And I'm like, this is a sketch that has no, he can't. That's the only thing he can think of to say other than like, well, this has zero. <laughs> You're like, we don't, I don't think we need to worry about what the wine is. as we're Oh, cutting you know, it. we just, it's 50 years almost and. It's a, it's an amazing personality to hold the show the same. Like David and I talking, you guys, obviously we know what it smells like there. We know the elevators. We know walking into 8H on a Thursday. We're like, the show's Saturday. You know, it's like, it's really fun to, to talk to people currently doing what we did. We've had a lot of alumni, but you are currently in there. So we'd like to bring you back in another month and just call it Pitch Hour. And we just try to get, David and I just try to get stuff on on the show through you. And we don't even need a credit. But look, I call you Bula. I think I call you the wrong name this whole time. That's all right. Everybody in the Sandler world world calls me Bula. Everybody here calls me Bula. Look at this. Who's that? Aw, cute. Can you see that? Who was that? David Spade? M. Ann Brooks. That's uh, Adam's first album. I got a picture Mm -hmm. of him. Okay, favorite, where we go, favorite movie all time, just blink, or a movie that you'll watch again and again. It's not my favorite movie of all time. Okay, but you'll watch it. But I was telling Bola this, for some reason, I've seen Scorsese's Cape Fear one million times, and I rewatch it over and over again because for some reason it comforts me, even though it's one of the most deranged. (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant film, brilliant, Dan. That's so great. I I couch it because best is I go like a movie you will see is as an ulterior way to think of it. Alternative. Yeah, this might be my favorite movie. Body Body doubles. Is that Melanie Griffith? Wow. Yeah. Is it How Coke about Body something? Heat? Anybody? Body Heat? Pretty good, right? Yes. Nick Body Nolte. Heat is good. I remember uh, when I was little, I wanted to watch the movie Heat, and my mom brought home Body Heat from uh, Blockbuster. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you whacked it from there. Oh, yeah. Ooh, uh. Sarah, you do have a good voice, I have to say. Good voice. I have a great, I have a grating, awful voice that, um, no, it's very interesting. The SNL, <laughs> I, I think, well, my problem at work that I'm working on is that I scream too loud. <laughs> As you, you quietly say thing. that, you go, I uh, scream too. You just, catch I kind of was finally. noticing how nicely articulate and, and your volume was up because it's a rock and roll, it's not jazz. A lot of times, SNL, there's ambient noise. Unless you're in the cold opening, which is eerie by yourself, five seconds and then everything's quiet. But throughout the show, there's movement and noise. So you kind of have to project in more ways than one. Dan? Dan? But I, I, that the learning curve is that because from stand up, you think you have to, you know, yeah. I'm performing in like a back of a bar in a barbecue restaurant over a football game. So if I'm in a room performing, I have to scream. Yes, been there in the in the cowboy bars, the honky tonk. Show us your dick, and then a beer comes by your head. Those are t- 
terrific nights. I enjoyed meeting you both so much. And and Dan, now I know the I have a comprehensive view of you. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope I wasn't a dick at the Mark no, Twain no, thing. No, not at all. I hey, give a, me a D chord, bitch. On me. On me. No, we had Dan a great time. was dodging people to ask him to help with their, there's 80 comics here <laughs> have to speak. And he's like, Dan, who didn't ask you? Me. You did not ask me. I didn't ask for help from Dan, even though we were all shitting. But I, I want to do this. I actually said to David, I'm like, you're one of the only people here who didn't ask me. And he said, yeah, I went to Jim Downey. <laughs> Shit. I, did I go to Downey? No, you know what? Downey, uh, Dennis Miller gave me a joke that got cut. I did the shortest, Dana, and I got four jokes cut. How embarrassing. Wasn't I the shortest? Ow. They cut out my Trump and my Dennis, right? Oh, yeah. You had Dennis in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dennis Smell. Well, it was everyone got hacked. They cut 90 minutes out of that. I don't care. I'm glad Sandman was happy. He was happy. He's laughing. I mean, you can't get any better than that. It's like after a while, it's embarrassing. Like every show is like, (laughs) we're working on another thing about Adam, how great he is. We're like, got it. Oh, quickly, Sarah. Oh, forget it. All right. um, (laughs) Wait, let me do my David's freedom. Oh, 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 great, great. Okay, everybody quiet. (laughs) Okay. Oh, sorry. I have to take this. My Rolex is calling. Hello. <laughs> Are you applauding your own show? <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. That was nice. David has Sarah, a, We took a, a selfie pattern. on the road, too. Wasn't that fun? Sarah, you remember that? Yeah. I, was, I said, come on, David. Let me wear the big Rolex. <laughs> I'm going to get together with Dan, you know, behind the scenes over the months and say to Adam, so yeah, I'll just open for you and then do an hour of just yeah. singing and dancing and oh, yeah, do everything. <laughs> no, yeah, there's no way Adam, Adam no, can follow Sandman anybody. rules the day. He crushes. And, uh, I love the way he does his stand up. I just feel so relaxing. You know, I, just I just, might see on another one, Dan. I'm trying to get out there again with you guys. Oh, I told him I'll get uh, out there, but I'm Sarah. Nice to nice to see you. I'll see you guys later. Enjoyed it. Uh, try to have fun today at the at that meeting. It's kind of nerve wracking. I find a little bit. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 